Welcome to the best pro wrestling podcast that you've never heard before. This is the 60-minute time limit pro wrestling podcast. And there's a reason why we're playing the uh, the robot the RoboCop theme as the intro music this week. I don't know if we'll keep that as a permanent thing here on the 60-minute time limit uh, podcast, but uh, let's get to the introductions first. Who are you? Uh, my name is Tommy Stryker. This is the 60-minute time limit podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I'm already getting a little uh, verklempt here on the show. Uh, before we get anything started here, we got to do the uh, the gimmick of the show and start the 60-minute time limit, and we got to do that by having Red Shoes ring the bell. Thus, the 60-minute time limit limit, uh, has begun. Again, I'm Tommy Stryker. You can follow me at Tommy Stryker, spell Stryker with a Y. We did a pilot for this show last week, and we called it a pilot because we didn't have anything set up yet. We didn't have a name for the show. We didn't know what the format would be, if there would be one at all, because... Quite frankly, I wanted to do a podcast again, start a new podcast, but I didn't. Uh, I, I wanted to keep it casual. Uh, I didn't want to be locked into any kind of certain format. I didn't want to be locked into talking about any specific uh, promotion or anything like that. So uh, I wanted to keep it open, but I also wanted to keep it relatively short compared to you know a lot of other pro wrestling podcasts. So that came in with the. Uh, the one hour time limit. And then the discussion on the, on this pilot episode, because it was basically, uh, an on air production meeting. I am obviously, if you listen to the pilot episode, uh, you know, all of this already, uh, we went off on tangents. We played a bunch of ridiculous sound bites. We talked about RoboCop for a while, hence the, uh, RoboCop theme there at the uh, beginning of the show. I don't know if we will keep the RoboCop theme as the actual theme song for the show. We might uh, run into some trouble uh, along the way if we if we do something like that. Come quietly, or there will be trouble. So, uh, ah, fuck you. But for now, fuck you. We're gonna play the uh, the RoboCop theme at, at the beginning uh, anyway. I do have a couple other themes picked out and stuff like that. We'll uh, we'll get to uh, along the way. Now, you might be wondering where Taco and Joe are, if you're either familiar with the pilot episode from last week or any of the old uh, podcasts that we used to do. We used to do a Ring of Honor and New Japan podcast called Strong Honor, and we used to do just a catch-all podcast called, get this, The Best Pro Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, that was the name of it. Uh, Not that the 60-minute time limit is any better by any means, but... uh, Whatever it is, what it is, it's it's, it's just a name. Uh, so yeah, you might be wondering uh, why I am flying solo this week, and uh, that's because well, we did the pilot last week. We had a lot of fun, and uh, Taco had a good time. Joe had a good time, but uh, this week is a little bit different. Both of the guys want to do the show, and again, this is going to be a casual show. This isn't necessarily going to be every week doing this show. Uh, both of the guys wanted to do the show this week, but 
Joe is basically playing, uh, uh, making up for a coworker who's on vacation and working twelve-hour days. He just doesn't have the energy right now to come over and uh, sit and hang out for an hour and do a podcast. That's understandable. And Taco just started a brand new job and he had to work tonight. So I can't really blame either of the guys for for missing out on this week. Uh, but uh, you know they're already making excuses, and uh, you know. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and we're only a week into the podcast. So, but like I said, this thing's going to be casual, not necessarily going to come on every week. Uh, Thursday is a work day for me. And from time to time I work late myself. So, and for right now, that is the day that we're planning on recording is on Thursday, but occasionally we might, uh, uh, shift things around or whatever. Uh, but the tentative plan is to record on Thursdays and on a casual basis, we might miss a week here or there, but being as it uh, being as it is uh, that we recorded this pilot episode last week and kind of got things off and running, uh, I decided I would record a uh, a podcast solo this week just so there was something out there uh, to be on tape for this week. So here we are, and I got a few things I want to talk about, and I apologize for the odd pauses here and there as I. Uh, take a sip of my uh, delicious beverage to uh, re uh, uh, relubricate my uh, my throat and my orals, if you will, <laughs> as we uh, kind of go along in the podcast here. Again, I'm here by myself. I'm just I'm just talking to you, uh, the listener, and the and the empty couch across from me where Taco and Joe uh, normally sit. These people didn't pay their money to watch you bump your gums. Well, they certainly didn't because nobody's paying money for this yet. Uh, anyway, I don't imagine. Uh, <laughs> there's the five-minute call in, in the time limit there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't imagine anybody's going to be paying for this anytime soon, but you never know. Uh, getting back to uh, why I wanted to record a podcast this week on my own, uh, Best of the Super Juniors started, and uh, we're four days into that already, and uh, I, I, I'm all caught up uh, in a way uh, with the, the guys not being able to come over and record the show with me today. I was able to get caught up on uh, yesterday's Best of the Super Juniors, so I'm all caught up at the time of this recording. Of course, by the time this drops, I believe there will be another show. Unless they got, unless today's a day off, I don't remember. Let me take a look here on my. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I'm just saying I'm four days into the best of the Super Juniors. I want to talk about it, uh, so we'll get into that. And I got some thoughts on so many things uh, that have gone o- gone on over the last few months. I'm not going to obviously go over all the shit that's been going on in WWE and everything else, uh, but I got some thoughts on some things mainly. AEW, of course. This was a huge week uh, for uh, news-wise in AEW. We finally got the announcement that AEW's got the going to be on uh, on TNT coming this fall. This isn't. If you're listening to this, chances are you already know that. I'm not. Bra- I'm not here to break news, right? I'm here to. I'm here to just talk about the news. I'm not. I, you know, I'm not John Q on the on the on the news report. You know, uh, informing the people that don't know about the breaking Pro wrestling news. We have quite a bit of news for you. News, 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 news. I'll try to news. slip in the the sound bites while I take my sips. That way, uh, 
<laughs> that way there aren't as many awkward pauses. But yeah, I'm not breaking news here. And this has been something that's been rumored for forever uh, when it comes to talking about AEW. But finally having it uh, having it is, uh, set in stone, uh, per se, or, or whatever, is good news to hear as a fan. Uh, as a fan, I am very excited for AEW. As someone who is a, a bit disenfranchised with main roster WWE stuff at this point, I need a mainstream, big-time American alternative. I love New Japan. New Japan is great, but it's not that big-time, mainstream, American big league feel. It's a, it's a Japanese big feel. It has the big feel when you watch some of the bigger shows. Some of these smaller shows, like the Road 2 shows, some of these secondary uh Smaller town, best of super junior shows feel a little bit smaller. Now, I'm not saying AEW is going to be selling out 10,000 seat arenas every week for this TV show. And, matter of fact, I kind of think they should start small and grow, uh, but try to look big time along the, the way, of course. But that's what I'm excited about is that I feel like there is palpable excitement among wrestling fans. They are hungry for an alternative. Uh, WWE is just such a disappointment, even though they are technically starting to listen to the fans more with, you know, in evidence of what they're doing with Kofi Kingston now and Becky Lynch. We talked about this last week, of course, but it's still not enough. People want to see a different approach. People want to see a logical approach for once. And that's what's going to be so... I think that's what's the most exciting about AEW is that they don't really have to reinvent the wheel, per se. They just have to present pro wrestling that makes sense, where the storylines make sense, the matches make sense, the championship opportunities are earned, not just given, like fucking... uh, (laughs) Lacey Evans has a title shot uh, against Becky Lynch this coming weekend on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view for doing nothing but walking around, literally walking around, and then attacking the champion. Who has she beaten? And granted, I haven't been watching the show. Maybe she's got a big victory over, uh, I don't know, Bailey. Or maybe she's got a big victory o- over, uh, I don't know, uh, Dana Brooke. I don't know, because I'm not watching these shows <laughs> week to week. But... Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. Even those kind of even those victories are feel flawed because they don't book anybody to be strong. Anyway, I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna go off on the WWE on this show today because look, there's just not enough time on this show to be negative and spend a bunch of time and energy being negative on the WWE. Look, there's a ton of people, probably a bunch listening to this show who are WWE fans. And hey, if you watch the WWE and you love it, and that's great. Good for you. More, more power to you if you're, if you're watching WWE and you, and you are thoroughly enjoying it. Good for you. It's not for me. So I'm not going to sit here and bag on it uh, too much. But, so, but getting back to why uh, I'm excited for AEW, just the fact of it's going to be an alternative and... Really, again, it's not going to be that hard and, 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 and for them just to – all they got to do, all they have to do is book simple, 
logical pro wrestling, have a good in-ring product, and don't do things on the TV show that take away or take you out of the moment like so many things that WWE does. So in other words, and again, not to go back to knocking on WWE, but what uh, AEW needs to be is the anti-WWE or just do the opposite of what WWE does. WWE uh, takes commercial breaks during matches. That teaches the fans that the matches aren't important and the action taking place in the ring doesn't really matter. And so, and it also bangs you over the head saying, oh, this is all bullshit. This is all fake because we're going to take a break during the sport. So if you, if you go to commercial during the actual sport, that is going to take instantly. That's like, well, this isn't sports because you don't take a break during the sport. So God, I, I, number one, I hope that's the number one thing they do to get it right in their, in what they're saying is going to be a sports like presentation where wins and uh, wins and losses matter. And they're counted and the stats are, are counted. Uh, hang on a second here. Again, the solo show talking to myself. I got to keep hydrated here. I appreciate your uh, patience with me. Uh, where was I going with this? AEW, sports-like, have it make sense. Again, booking it is going to be easy. Don't overthink it. That's the one thing to look out for is, you know, you, you, you know, you watch Being the Elite, and it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of goofiness. You do too much of that stuff on your TV show, it's not going to feel sports-like. It's not going to feel, uh, it's not going to, it's going to take away from it. Now, I'm not saying it has to be 100% serious all of the time, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jonathan Gresham, like Taco was alluding to a week ago on the pilot episode. I'm not saying... Every match has to be that. I like that. The hardcore fans like me, the podcast listening fans, well, not all of them, but some of them, like those grappling heavy style matches. But people like hard-hitting matches. People like high-flying matches. People like, I don't know, heavy story matches where there's a lot of drama. I think that's what Cody brings to the table, obviously. Uh, Maybe not obviously. But like the, for instance, the young bucks are going to bring the high flying and some of the high impact stuff. Um, anyway, uh, you know Jericho and Omega are going to bring the the high technical stuff, not necessarily the 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 mat wrestling of a Zack Saber or a Jonathan Gresham, but you know what I'm saying. The the high level, uh, certainly Kenny Omega, you know your your quote unquote star rating matches. But again, uh, to go off on another tangent here. A five-star match doesn't mean, oh, it was a gr- an awesome match with a bunch of cool moves. That's an element to a five-star match is a bunch of cool moves, but it's also the story, the emotional investment, the stakes, what's on the line. Is, it, is this a championship match? Is this the final of a big tournament? Is this the beginning of a big tournament? Is this the, the beginning of some, some momentum for a big star? Is this the end of some, some momentum for a big star? What is my level of investment as a fan? For instance, uh, WWE could put on a great match, and in the eyes of a WWE fan who's invested in that match, maybe to them, it's a five-star match. To me, it might be a three- or three-and-a-half-star match. Star, what I'm getting at here, is star ratings are subjective. It depends on the eye of the beholder. So, it, when it comes to star ratings, and not to turn this into a fucking 
star rating discussion by any means, but take into account who's giving you the rating. Do you generally agree with that person's opinion on matches, or do you generally think they rate too high, too low, etc., whatever? Uh, how did I get into the star rating discussion? Uh, AEW, yes. Uh, it's, it, keep it simple. Present a good product in the ring, and don't overthink it. Do your... Do- do your YouTube shows. Uh, speaking of YouTube shows, if you're if you're interested in AEW uh, and you haven't been watching these Road to Double or Nothing shows on YouTube, it's basically Cody's uh, Nightmare Family YouTube channel. Uh, if you're not watching those, you, you got to get on those. They are great videos, great build up, uh, uh, build ups to these uh, to this double or nothing event. Matter of fact, not this, not the most recent one where the, the, the most recent one. They're just it's basically every all the AEW stars thanking the fans uh, and and, uh, and stuff like that. But the, the 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 one before that where Jericho is in Cody's office, the most recent one, other than the thank you to me was the most the probably the cheesiest one of all of those double or nothing videos but still very compelling uh, and interesting stuff uh but all of the other previous du- road to double or nothing sh- uh, uh youtube shows uh were uh well, first of all, they're all very short, so they're very easy to digest. So if you want to go through all of them, you could probably do it in like an hour or something. Maybe a little bit longer than that, but you get my idea. They're all pretty short videos. Get right to the point. You get to the good stuff. And by the by the time you're by the by the time you get through one of these videos, and keep in mind, like if you binge watch all of these road to double or nothing videos, uh, uh, keep in mind that when they came out, they were coming out like once a week. So you'd watch like this 10 minute video and be left wanting so much more, which is such a refreshing feeling when it comes to pro wrestling these days, because like you watch WWE and you're tired of it like a half hour in and you realize, Oh my God, I've got two and a half more hours of watching this. And to a degree, even the same thing with new Japan, you know, people are skipping these undercard tag matches, which again are mostly for the live crowd. They're not necessarily sitting there uh, on njpwworld.com for you to necessarily sit there and watch every single undercard tag. Yeah, once in a while there's a little bit of an angle. But what I would suggest, and I'm bouncing all over the place here, but fuck it, it's my podcast, right? Hang on here. Uh, going to like uh, your undercard tags. Uh, you can, for the most part, you can skip them. What I usually do, and I love it here because it's it's springtime in Minnesota. The weather is finally nice. Uh, one of my favorite things to do for the best of the Super Juniors, and then later this summer when it's uh, G1 Climax season, I love to sit in my garage and I got a, I've got a little TV out there with a Chromecast, and I can have a cigar. Maybe it's an American Rebel. Got about half of my box of American Rebel cigars gone. I'm gonna. I have to be ordering some more of those pretty soon. So, uh, Aaron G Cigars on Twitter, make sure you guys are stocking up post Starcast because it's almost time for Tommy Stryker to order some more American Rebel cigars. But again, my favorite thing: sitting outside, having a couple beers. I got my scorecard, my prediction sheet for best of Super Juniors. Watching these matches, enjoying some weather. So I've been doing that this week. Uh, I'm so excited to get done with this podcast and get out there and and uh, I haven't actually watched this week's NXT yet. So that's kind of the the plan for tonight. Once I get this uh, get this podcast done. 
Uh, where the hell? Oh, I, I was talking about the undercard stuff with uh, with uh, New Japan and NJPWWorld.com. So, like, your Road 2 shows and, like, the undercard for these best of Super Juniors matches, what I do if I've got the time is I might watch the very beginning of the match, and once I kind of see the direction, I'll fast forward to... Uh, about the end of the last minute or two of the match, just so I can see the finish. Because generally, generally you'll kind of get an idea of what the match was from the finish. Okay, these two guys are going to be facing off tomorrow. Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of confrontations were they having at the end of the match? Did one of them beat the other, et cetera, et cetera? But it's usually uh, usually not that consequential. But even if you don't have time for that. Uh, what I would suggest is watching the post-match comments from the sh- from each show. Uh, because if there's an angle or something that you missed, chances are they'll put a highlight in there uh, on, those po- on the post-match comments video. So not only would you get, obviously, the post-match comments, but you'll get you know replays of the angles if something is important. And then, of course, the, 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 the comments from the whoever's involved in the thing. So make sure you're watching those. Those are your promos for New Japan right there. Uh, you know, some people come to New Japan and be like, well, these are just matches. Where's the promos? Where's the, where's the, where's the talking? It's all in those backstage comments videos. And, uh, hell, if you, if you, if you, if you haven't subscribed to New Japan World, uh, you can watch those videos for free. Sometimes they're on their YouTube page, but you can just go to njpwworld.com, get yourself familiarized with the website uh, before subscribing, or if, you, if you're if you on the fence about uh, subscribing. But you can keep up uh, with everything that's going on there by uh, watching those, uh, those free uh, post-match comments videos. What was I talking about here? AEW? How did I get on New Japan already? Ah, I gotta refresh that palette. Doing all the talking myself today on the podcast. Twenty minutes of talking already here on the podcast. A uh, couple other things I wanted to talk about uh, AEW already here. Or while I'm on the subject, getting back to the the subject of AEW. Ob- obviously, very excited. Got a pretty good roster already. I'm really excited to see once they get into the weekly TVs. Uh, what they what they do with this roster? Obviously, the big question is how are the champions crowned? I would kind of like to see them implement uh, a, a tournament based system, just a lot like what New Japan does. New Japan's basically their their entire narrative is based off the tournaments that happen throughout the year. Now, uh, based on some things that I've heard. Over the last few days, with the, what's come out with these pr- the press conferences uh, or the press releases, rather regarding the the the, the show on TNT, it sounds like they're going to be sports based. They're going to base everything off of uh, wins and losses, but also statistics are going to be a big factor. So, who's winning and losing in, in tag matches? Who is, uh, you know, who 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 can have. Uh, I don't know who who has who does better in longer matches, who does better in shorter matches. All of those things I can see uh, coming into play, and apparently they're going to keep obviously records of wins and losses throughout the year. So that in and of itself is a good sports like way to do it. But another way to do it would be to structure the things in tournaments and and have tournament matches every week. <clears throat> 
on their live TV show. Now, it'd be hard to do something like a, a G1 Climax or like a Best of Super Juniors here unless they spread it out over a really long period of time. And who knows, maybe they're planning on doing something very much like that by just keeping wins and loss records throughout the year and awarding, a, you know, quote-unquote championship opportunities based on, you know, the booking, basically, uh, and, uh, and who's, 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 uh, who's on a winning streak, who's, who's gaining momentum, who has the wins uh, uh, going into uh, such a thing. But originally I was thinking bringing that tournament-based uh, approach to an American promotion would be a really unique uh, way to do things. Do a yearly G1 style thing. Uh, do, a, uh, do a junior tournament. Do a women's uh, round robin style tournament. Do a, do a single elimination tournament for, the, for, uh, for singles or tag teams. Uh, w- one of the things that I really love about New Japan, like right now, it's the best of the super juniors. The focus is on the junior heavyweights. Now, I don't know if they're going to differentiate between junior and heavyweight in AEW. Um, and if they do, I, I hope that they give juniors the same opportunities as heavyweights, but I kind of like the idea. Actually, I was thinking about this, uh, earlier today, the idea that you have a junior division, but at any any point, uh, a junior can challenge for, uh, the main title, the the, 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 the the championship of the company. I'm, I'm hesitating from calling it a heavyweight championship. Or you could call it an openweight championship or just the AEW championship or whatever you want to call it. But I, I, I do like the idea, though, of instead of just having the secondary championship be an intercontinental champion or a United States champion or a, you know, a, a Martian champion, instead of it being a regional thing, have it be for a lower uh, weight class and... <clears throat> That way you could tell a story of this guy's really good at beating, you know, the junior heavyweights or the cruiserweights or whatever, but can he handle, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the heavyweight side of things or just the, is, is this guy good enough to, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and there's not necessarily a weight limit that he has to cross to join the heavyweight ranks. He can just be in the heavyweight ranks. Uh, but as well be a junior, a junior heavyweight. So anyway, I kind of like that idea uh, as far as uh, AEW goes, but I'm not totally against the idea of a TV champion. A Ring of Honor has a TV champion right now, but it uh, uh, it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't have it does. There's there's not like the old school. Uh, limitations that were based on a TV champion, like the TV champ has to defend the belt every other week or once a month or every or, or every week in some cases, or oh, and it has to be on the TV show. It can't. Nece- it's not necessarily on pay per view. It's on TV. That's why you're the TV champion. Uh, so, so I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. That would be kind of cool. Um. So. Anyway, I talked about the tournament-based stuff for AEW. Again, it doesn't seem like they're going to go strictly tournament-based. I could see them having uh, tournaments uh, along the way, especially to crown the first uh, first champion. That's certainly a possibility uh, along the way, but uh, I guess we will see how things are going forward. I did want to talk a little bit more about the, the roster here. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> Kenny Omega... 
there is probably going to be their top star coming uh, going into this thing or starting out anyway. Of course, you got Chris Jericho there. I think they've got big plans for Hangman Page, which is uh, obviously a, a smart thing to do. He's a rising star. Uh, we talked about him on the on the pilot last week. How we we've all missed seeing his matches uh, recently. So, uh, but I think. Uh, Obviously, with uh, uh, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley leaving the company, he's a big name expected to show up at some point in AEW. I keep seeing rumors of CM Punk. That would be a huge get for AEW. My only thought uh, on CM Punk is how are the uh, the hardcore insider podcast listener type of fans uh, going to receive CM Punk with kind of the, the some some of us fans are left with a sour taste in our mouths based on the way things went down with uh, Colt Cabana and how their relationship is kind of uh, estranged uh, these days with uh, Cabana kind of expecting his legal expenses to be covered by Punk they weren't and now they're in a lawsuit against each other over these legal expenses. That whole thing is kind of ugly. A lot of WWE fans have a sour taste for CM Punk in their mouth based on how he quit. He's a guy who quit. That's kind of the WWE narrative for uh, CM Punk. But, uh, and you know, the guy's older now. He's, I believe, he, he's right around the same age as me, maybe a bit older, so 40, 41-ish now for CM Punk. And after being out of the game for a few years, is he really going to have his heart set in the thing? I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, this would be the big middle finger to the WWE that that's right up CM Punk's alley. So, uh I think it would be exciting, and it would be a it would be a big be a big star. It would be a big get. I think it would bring eyeballs, more eyeballs, uh, to the uh, AEW uh, product. So it would it would be good on on that level. I think. I'm gonna take a long pause for the cause this time. I've been talking a lot. I'm drying out over here. Sorry about that. So, anyway, those are some of my thoughts on AEW. I want to go back to the John Moxley thing. And like I said, I'm not going to talk a lot of WWE on today's show. Not really going to throw out predictions for Money in the Bank this weekend. Just I, like I'm not invested. If you like, I said, if you are, more power to you. Uh, I might. Uh, I I probably won't even check out Money in the Bank this weekend. To be perfectly honest with you, it's you know it's it's a Game of Thrones finale this weekend. Uh, I'm gonna be hanging out with the wife on Sunday night. I just don't have time for uh, uh, whoever Baron Corbin is gonna be wrestling uh, come Sunday. So uh, unfortunately, that's just the case for this. What I said was stop talking. Well, not gonna happen. It's my podcast, so. I'm going to keep talking here. My botch. So, but what I was getting what I wanted to get uh, get to uh with the uh the Dean Ambrose stuff, the John Moxley stuff and, and we got to kind of go in the rewind mode here a little bit, but I I've, I I got to uh, Oh, we're halfway th- We're halfway through this show. 
halfway through the show already. I thought this was going to be a short show with just me talking by myself, but I'm already halfway through, and I haven't even really got to talking best of the Super Juniors yet. So hang on to your butts. We might go the full uh, 60 minutes here, provided I don't have to stop to use the restroom or something, but uh, you never know. Uh, But, yeah, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, his departure from WWE was strange compared to most uh, departures. He's a guy who did not re-sign with WWE. He let his contract expire. Let it be known that his contract, or let it, no, let it be known to management that his contract was going going to expire. And then WWE got ahead of the story basically and said, "Yeah, Dean's leaving. He's letting his contract expire, and this is how it's going to go. That's just how it is." Now, when it first happened it kind of looked like they were getting ready to bury Dean. He was getting into it with Nia Jax and Tamina, looking looking like he was about to, you know, go out there and do a job for Nia Jax or, God forbid, Tamina. But that wasn't the case. It looked like they were going that way, but for whatever reason, they kind of switched gears and got away from it, and they did a million S.H.I.E.L.D. reunions, and this is the final S.H.I.E.L.D. match, and this is the farewell to Dean Ambrose. And the only thing I could think of, and I hadn't heard anybody else uh, put this out there, but maybe Dean Ambrose was Roman's hill to die on. Uh, anybody who kind of follows inside WWE, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, of, 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 of a famous Vince line. If a talent or somebody goes up to Vince and says, look, this is how I feel. This is, uh, I don't agree with this. I think we should do something different here. And famously Vince will say, is this a hill you want to die on? Is this something that uh, you're willing to risk your career over or blah, 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 whatever. And famously, most people would say, well, no, but I'm just saying that, uh, this is how I feel about something. And maybe this was Roman's Hill was Dean Ambrose just kind of I have no inside knowledge of the subject whatsoever it's just the 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 change in course from the way they were treating Dean and then how it went from there uh obviously I, I believe that Roman has a lot of respect for Dean he helped get Roman over to a certain extent uh coming in with the shield and uh just having that that shield brethren stuff or whatever uh maybe a big part of a maybe maybe why a roman would stand up and not to mention dean is like a workhorse of wwe too he does all the house shows like uh he like had the most uh appearances and matches of all of, uh, out of all of the, the the wwe wrestlers the last like couple three years something like that i don't have those facts in front of me but uh he was that he was kind of known for being the workhorse uh, of WWE. So who knows? Maybe it was even Vince who decided, you know what? This guy's worked his ass off for this company. He wants to try something else. Maybe we'll just maybe we'll just respect him on the way out, and maybe he'll come back someday. Who knows? But uh, I'm kind of thinking that if Roman Reigns goes to Vince McMahon. Roman Reigns, who, who obviously is Vince's number one guy, the guy that Vince wants to push the most, and if he goes and says, "Look, I vouch for this guy. Let's or this is the hill I want to die on. Let's not bury this guy on the way out, uh, and let's let him leave with a little bit of dignity." Uh, and so maybe that was the case. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, who knows?
All right, finally, let's talk some best of the Super Juniors and New Japan Pro Wrestling. King of Spots. New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right, we're four nights into the best of the Super Juniors. I'm not going to talk about all of the matches. I'm not. Gonna, I'm just. I'll, we'll go over some of the highlighted matches. Give some of my thoughts on uh, where we're at here, points wise. Like I said, I love to to have my predictions and my my scorecard in front of me, and and uh, and be going over all of this as I watch the matches. That's the most fun uh, for me is, is just to go over match by match and. Or, uh, or, or just to keep track of everything as I go through watching uh, the tournament. So that's what's the most fun for me. So let's kind of run over some standings. Uh, so f- 25 minutes into this, 35 minutes, excuse me, into this thing already. Uh, let's kind of go over the, the standings as we're at, again, four nights into this thing. So two, uh, two nights for each block. Uh, so uh, starting with the A block, so far Tiger Mask is undefeated. He beat both of the Suzuki Gun guys, Takamichi Noku and uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, again, I didn't really note anything from either of those matches, but I love uh, a surly Tiger Mask. Uh, I had act- I predicted that he would go one and one against these two, but uh, he actually got the win uh, against both of those guys. Uh, Show right now over in the A block has two losses, but they're two uh, losses to big players. He lost to Shingo Takagi on night one. That was one of the, or that was probably uh, at this point, my second best match of the tournament. I threw a uh, four and a quarter stars uh, on the Shingo versus show match. Uh, just intense and physical show showed that he could hang, but he's not quite on Shingo's level yet. So that's definitely, I mean, obviously everybody's talking about that match, the Shingo versus show match, uh, from, uh, the third, 13th, uh, the first night of the, of the tournament. Uh, but so yeah, show who's a, a big player in the tag team game, still young or, or not, obviously not a young lion, but a, uh, a tag team wrestler who's got a ton of potential, uh, has these great singles matches in, in the tournament. And then his other loss is to the loss is to the current, uh, IWGP junior heavyweight champion, Dragon Lee. Now the, uh, where is that? The show versus the Dragon Lee. Uh, this guy, this match went on a long time. I only threw th- uh, three and a half stars on this match. It was a fast start for these two. Very slow in the middle so they could get the f- uh, the full f- half hour into the thing. Both are working on their arms. There's good selling in the match, which Dragon Lee uh, is kind of on my... <laughs> Dragon Lee is not... To me, his, his selling lacks. Uh, people love Dragon Lee. I like Dragon Lee. I love how Dragon Lee does the, the, uh, the Shibata tribute with the, the drop kick in the corner. He's got the fucking Shibata kick pads on. That's awesome. And he's got Shibata on his mask. That's awesome. But his selling is not uh, hooking me into his matches. It took me a long time to figure this out because I've been watching all the, I've been watching Dragon Lee for two, three years now. The matches with Hiromu. This is his third year, I believe, in the best of super juniors. He's great. He has these great moves, a great look. Uh, but his, his matches, for whatever reason, just don't hook me in the way some some other matches do uh, emotionally. Again, he's great technically with his move set or whatever, but it's, it's something is lacking to for me. 
And I, the only thing I can think of here is the selling. Now, in this match, the selling was uh, was much better. But again, for me, only three and a half stars. That's probably a rare opinion uh, when it comes to a match like this. Okay, uh, back and forth late in the match. But again, Dragon Lee, the current champ, uh, getting the win yeah, in that match. Continuing to kind of go over the standings here, talking about Dragon Lee. That was his one and only win so far. He lost the opening night to Taiji Ishimori. Kind of bouncing around here. As I shuffle papers and take sips. Again, I'm not professional at this, so uh, again, without having someone to talk to, uh, it's a little more difficult. Uh, but yeah, Dragon Lee. Yes, Dragon Lee versus Ishimori. That was another night one matchup. And this is, again, getting back to I just don't have the connection with Dragon Lee. And I kind of feel the same way uh, with Ishimori. And so this was a big match between the current champ and the former champ, Taiji Ishimori. The story here is Ishimori had the championship, lost it at Madison Square Garden in a three-way. Then he uh, challenged Dragon Lee to a singles match where he lost... Well, because in the three-way, he didn't get pinned. So that's why he got to challenge again. And then, then he got pinned in the singles match. And now here's the rematch opening night of the Best of the Super Juniors. And this time, Ishimori gets a win over the current champion. So now we're, we're all kind of even when it comes to Ishimori and Dragon Lee. They each have a win over each other. So Ishimori, by rights, uh, could challenge... <laughs> Whether he wins the tournament or not, he basically has earned a shot at the championship should Dragon Lee retain. Now, if the championship change, changes hands, who knows? All bets are off at that point. Teton right now, he's a guy that doesn't do too much for me, a guy out of CMLL. He's just got one win over Yoshinobu Kanemaru and a loss to Shingo. Again, I got pre I, I predicted Sh Shingo uh, going undefeated in this thing uh, just because it's it, it, it might not happen, but it's the most likely uh, scenario with him being unpinned and, un and not submitted thus far in his uh, journey in New Japan. Marty Skrull has one win over uh, Jonathan Gresham. Those two had a very, uh, very good match here. I'm trying to find my uh, my notes on Scresh, uh, <laughs> Gresham and uh, Marty Skrull. Again, going back to night one. Uh, just very good, very technical, a British-style uh, match. Uh, great late exchanges from these two, Marty Skrull. Uh, getting the win there. I threw uh, three and a half uh, stars on that match. Jonathan Gresham's got uh, one win over Taka Michinoku. Uh, again, Gresham is really good in this in this tournament setting here. Uh, just I'm just really enjoying seeing him uh, in New Japan. Uh, Taiji Ishimori undefeated. He's got the win over Dragon Lee, the uh, current champion, and he's got a win. Over Marty Skrull, that Marty Skrull Ishimori match, that was uh, that was a strange match. Uh, it was it was going along good early, but then there was some botchy stuff in the middle. It looked like either Dragon Lee got hurt or tired. It was kind of hard to tell. There was a really awesome early top rope superplex, tippy top standing top rope superplex, and they sell that thing the whole match. Uh, the announcers do anyway. But uh, later in the match, Ishimori kind of botches this tombstone reversal. And, yeah, he kind of gets hurt or he's he's down or he's tired. And Marty 
girl is reacting strangely, and they kind of okay, uh, recover from it okay, but uh, the, the, the finish to me kind of came off flat because Ishimori looked so defeated, and he was the guy that won the match. So it looked like Marty Skrull was the stronger guy, even though uh, Ishimori won the match. So they kind of had to navigate through uh, some rough water uh, towards the end of that match after some uh, something happened to Ishimori there, uh, unfortunately. So, Yoshinobu uh, Kanemaru is winless. Takamichi Noku also winless. And uh, Shingo Takagi, as I said, uh, undefeated at this point, beating Sho in that opening night and Titan uh, on the second a block night. So yeah, currently you got a couple of guys, Tiger Mask undefeated with two points, Shingo with, or, uh, with four points and Shingo uh, with four points and nobody else, or no, I'm sorry, Ishimori also uh, with four points, the former champion and then Dragon Lee with the loss, uh, the current champion uh, losing to Taiji Ishimori. <laughs> Over on the B block side of things, uh, Taguchi, of all people, has uh, has two wins. He's beaten Yo and Dookie. <laughs> Doki. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Uh, yeah, the, uh, one thing I didn't uh, bring up yet, Ren Narita and Doki have replaced uh, Flip Gordon, who had visa issues, of course, and Desperado, El Desperado, who got injured. Again, if you're listening, listening to this, you probably uh, already know that, but in case you didn't, uh, the way you say D-O-U-K-I-E is Doki, or is it D-O-U-K-I, excuse me. Uh, the way you pronounce it is Doki, uh, like you're saying Okie Doki. Anyway, uh, Taguchi, he's got a couple of wins. He's got the win against Doki, which was the main event of this, uh, of this most recent show as of this recording. And it had to follow a really awesome Will Ospreay versus Rocky Romero match, which, so the, the, the Doki versus Taguchi match really suffered early, but I got to give these guys credit. They had them by the end of the match. Again, not a noteworthy match. Uh, you know, Doki is just kind of a, he's a, he's a Suzuki gun guy. He, he brings the bullshit. He brings a, po- uh, 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 a steel pipe with him to the ring, uh, and so he uses that, and then shenanigans uh, throughout the match. You got some ref bumps, you got some interference from Tai Chi, who's who kind of brought this Doki into Suzuki Gun as a replacement for El Desperado uh, uh, late in the game in this tournament. So that's kind of the wrap or the uh, the. The story with Doki. He does have a couple of uh, very interesting and unique moves, but really nothing that's kind of blow away uh, at this point. Kind of just a guy here in there to replace uh, Desperado. Uh, I did have to change some of my predictions around because with Ren Narita replacing Flip Gordon, I just took all of Flip's key wins away because Ren Narita is not going to win a match. He's a young lion. I'm sorry. We're all going to root for him. And uh, his, probably his best chance was opening night versus Doki. Uh, but again, Doki got the win there. I also changed around Desperado quite a bit because I had Desperado p- kind of playing spoiler a couple of times. He's got a key match very late in the tournament. Uh, and I, I, I forget off the top of my head right now, uh, who who is opponent? I believe it, it might be Osprey. No, it's not Osprey. Uh, 
Oh shit! I forget who it is. Uh, one of the one of the maybe it's El Phantasmo. Uh, but anyway, uh, the only win I predicted Doki for was the one versus Ren Narita. So we'll see how it goes. But I also predicted that Taguchi is going to go on a little run early in the tournament and then kind of fall off the rails. So I'm doing pretty good in my in my B block predictions. I, I'm ten for ten right now on the B block side of things. So, uh, that's good news for me. Osprey. Will Osprey is also undefeated right now. He has uh, victories against, uh, the, uh, Rocky Romero, who I just mentioned, uh, those two guys had just a hell of a match. I gave that one four and three quarter stars as far as a rating goes, just because so good. Like the Rocky Romero had uh, had these great reversals for all of Will Ospreay's finisher attempts and had some really great believable near falls late in the match because of all the all of the reversals uh, in there. And plus the way these two, I mean these these two are both chaos guys, both fan favorites. And the way they manipulated the crowd early in the match, they got you know Rocky would work over Osprey for for a while, and Osprey would get the crowd behind him, and then vice versa, Osprey would work over Rocky for a while and get the crowd behind Rocky. So just amazing stuff. Um, I've touted a couple of times on Twitter this week that Will Ospreay's selling, to me, in my opinion, has reached the next level. Now, I saw some people complaining about Osprey's selling uh, about him, one of his uh, about his first match, and I disagree with that. Uh, some people complain that he screams too much or he's too uh, screamy and over the top, especially when he was in the in the STF uh, in his first match against uh, uh, against Bushi. I disagree. I feel like his selling brings me in. It draws me in, adds to the drama of the match, and uh, and wants me, uh, makes me want to see him make. Uh, his big comeback. So. If you're keeping a stopwatch at home, some of these timestamps might be off a little bit because I'm taking some long pauses and editing out because uh, I'm not used to talking for an hour straight, so I'm having to edit out some of the uh, the long pauses. I'm going to quickly go through the rest of this uh, uh, Best of Super Juniors uh, lineup. Bandito, uh, no wins thus far. He has a loss to Yo. And uh, I'm trying to find that one here on my notes, if that one was a noteworthy match. I don't see it. Bandito has the loss to Yo uh, and a loss to El Fantasma. Now, El Fantasma, I want to talk about him a little bit. Uh, he's coming in with a big push, a lot of fanfare, uh, big video packages coming into the, the teasers of this tournament, and uh, here he is. El Fantasma's first match, and now he, again, is undefeated, was against Bandito. A lot of bad timing in this match. I did not think much of that match at all. I think I threw three stars on it. It was very ambitious. They tried a lot of stuff. The two didn't have good chemistry. Their timing was odd. Some spots uh, uh, really took away from the match. They did. They did do a really good uh, double Canadian destroyer uh, type of spot uh, in there. But I I only gave that match three stars. I thought they tried a lot of things. The the chemistry was off in my opinion. Uh, one of the things El Fantasmo does is he he does this thing where he he likes to walk the ropes and it's supposed to be uh, impressive and also cocky, uh, which works to a degree, but to another degree it makes your opponent. Uh, 
uh, look stupid for just allowing you to walk the ropes and not just yank you off because he typically does this rope walking spot. He twists the opponent's arm and walks the ropes much like Undertaker does in the in, uh, when he does his, his old school spot uh, or, or whatever. But he, he walks all around the ring or whatever, really stretches this thing out. And when you do it early on the in the match, it just makes uh, your, your opponent, a.k.a. the babyface, since El Phantasmo is playing this dastardly heel, uh, it makes your, your babyface look like an idiot, uh, basically. So again, Phantasmo, a good heel. I, he, he's presenting himself well as a cocky heel, but... The, the the early spot with the with the walking the ropes and his timing issue I'm putting the timing issues on him because the way he kind of runs the ropes and moves is a little bit slower a little bit floaty uh, compared to a lot of other uh, the way a lot of other guys run in a new Japan ring there's a little more sense of urgency uh, in running across the ring or uh, setting up spots. Um, uh, for these uh, for these new Japan matches, so I'm kind of putting some of the blame on El Fantasmo here. I'm willing to let it play out and continue to watch him throughout the tournament. His second match against uh, against Yo was a little bit better uh, for El Fantasmo, but he's getting the big push. He's undefeated so far. Robbie Eagles also undefeated so far. I've got a lot better things to say. Uh, about him. He's standing out right now. He's looking good. Looking forward to seeing how he uh, gets over uh, going through the rest of the tournament. I'm not a fan of the bandana around the neck and the mouth guard, the, the, the weird clear mouth guard, but the, the, the key difference there is that those get the good kind of heat, whereas El Fantasmo, to me, gets bad kind of heat because he makes his opponent look bad early in the match, like I said, whereas uh, Robbie Eagles, all of his shit looks good. Uh, he's still coming across like a heel, uh, but then he's got the, the heat-seeking items like his weird mouth guard and uh, and his bandana that he wears around his neck. So uh, I'm liking Robbie Eagles so far in this tournament where uh, you, re- really New Japan needs some guys to step up. Yeah, you've got you've got Will Ospreay, who's a big star. <laughs> We're getting there. Five minutes left. Will Ospreay, who's a big star in the company. Shingo Takagi, who's a big star in the company. But they're really looking for guys. I mean, I imagine with the absence of Kushida, Flip Gordon was probably going to get a nice push here. So they're looking for guys to step up. And right now, two matches in, Robbie Eagles is looking like a guy to step up. Already talked about Doki, got the win over Ren Narita, and uh, Bushi right now winless with the loss to uh, El Fantasmo and uh, and Will Osprey. So again, my big recommended matches right now, obviously the Shingo versus Show four and a quarter stars, Osprey versus Bu- Look, here's the thing. <laughs> watch every Shingo match and watch every Will Ospreay match, and th- those are your your go to ones uh, right there. Uh, but uh, yeah, Osprey uh, versus Bushi, I gave just under four stars. The Show versus Dragon Lee match, I gave three and a half to. Uh, again, that one was a long one. Some better selling from Dragon Lee. Uh, and, and I love the Shibata stuff uh, from Dragon Lee in that one. Uh, and then finally, I, I wanted to just mention again, Will Ospreay versus Rocky Romero from the 16th night for... Uh, 
if there was more on the line, if this was a little bit bigger stakes, I would have gone full five stars on this thing. I went four and three quarter uh, just because it, it's it's just kind of a middle of the tournament match. It's Osprey versus Romero in a, in a inter interfaction matchup. Uh, but just wow, just loved it. Great selling, great back and forth, great near falls for Rocky Romero in the match. That like going into the match, I'm like, Rocky Romero has no chance. And then I was popping for near falls late in the match. That's that's how you do pro wrestling right there. All right, so before we get out of here, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Tommy Striker, spell Striker with a Y. Follow uh, S. What is it? <laughs> so the the Twitter is so new. Uh, Sixty minute time SMTL podcast on Twitter or My Liver podcast on Twitter uh, to uh, to to follow along on social media. There, uh, you can find the, all the links to the social media in the description of the podcast. And before we get out of here, let's talk about the Kojima tweet of the week. Now it's time for. The Satoshi Kojima Tweet of the Week. Follow Kojima on Twitter at Cozy underscore Lariat. If you're not familiar, he's a Japanese New Japan pro wrestling wrestler who recently just got done with a tour in the United States for Ring of Honor. And here's the Tweet of the Week. I fought in the United States. I said it. I said it on the stage with the history and the tradition of ROH. I am happy. It was good to keep wrestling. So that was the show. Uh, that was the tweet. This is Tommy Stryker. Make sure you uh, rate, review, and subscribe. This show isn't quite up on iTunes yet and all the other platforms, but I am efforting that. It's been a very busy week of uh, working and whatnot. So I'm working on that again. Brand new podcast, brand new show. Uh, these things take time. So I'm getting to all of that. So please uh, be patient and we will get to all of those things. But as soon as they do, uh, please help us out and with uh, the retweets on social media and uh, the likes and uh, the, the, the rates and the reviews and, of course, subscribing on all of the things. Uh, thank you very much. And this is the end of the show. And here are some fun RoboCop sound bites. You have suffered an emotional shock. Bye. Let's get out of here. You probably don't think I'm a very nice guy. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.